We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And guys, there have been a couple of instances during these NBA finals where Steph Curry has come off of a screen and he's not looking to shoot that pull-up three. What he's looking to do is attack Robert Williams. And so in this little mini moment within a play, it's Steph Curry versus Robert Williams, who's in some depth of a drop. There have been a couple of times where Steph has had like an open 15-foot pull-up or one of that those little floaters that he shoots off of one foot or even off of the jump stop that he's so good at where he probably should have taken that shot, but he drove instead or vice versa, right, where he thought he had an open jumper and then Williams closed. And then on the other end of the floor, there are there have been several times where Draymond Green will box out and then they'll sandwich rebound. Somebody like Gary Payton II will fly in and, and try to tip that ball away so that he doesn't get the offensive rebound. But Williams still comes away with that rebound anyway. And moments like these are the reasons why he's leading the Celtics in these finals in net rating and why they've played particularly well when he's on the floor. And what it is, is he is so much more athletic than Steph Curry. He's so much more physically gifted than Draymond Green that it causes decisions or it bends the rules of basketball a little bit. And that brings me to this Lakers team that we've got upcoming. We're in the the first stages of establishing a new team identity. And we don't know if Russ is going to be on the team or not, but signs are pointing to that being the case. But even without that, I would argue that we have, between LeBron and AD, we have two guys, especially Anthony Davis, who similarly warp and bend the game. And recently, we've been talking about the idea of you can't be everything, 
you can't get to everything you want to get to as a coach, as a team. You have to establish an identity of what you are. And Mike, I'm a firm believer that you do that around your greatest collective strengths. And when I look at who we have, even when you go to Kendrick Nunn in THT, Nunn is fast as hell. I know he's a, a mystery to Laker fans on a, on a lot of fronts because he missed all of last season, but he's a, a really fast player. That's something that he, a gift that he has. THT has his physical gifts with his long arms. And, you know, he's, he's so big and sturdy that collectively the Lakers, the guys that are on the Lakers, even a guy like Stanley Johnson is athletically impressive. And so Going through all of these playoffs and thinking, okay, what kind of guys do we need? What should we look for? I am thinking more about the stacking strength on strength. Now, you need to be able to have enough skill in certain areas as well. But when we are talking about establishing the culture of the Lakers, that's where I'm going to, Mike, is that bigger, faster, stronger athlete that when you've got three, four, five guys on the court that are that type of guy that's like, man, that guy's a better athlete than the guy across from him. Or collectively, there's just too much. There's one guy on the other team that's a small guard that we've been talking about so much. And it's like, oh, he can't handle Stanley Johnson athletically. He might be a better player than him overall, but just as an athlete, he can't hang. And so that of all of like the the digging and research that we've done through these playoffs and, and really zooming in on the rest of the league, that's kind of where I'm landing on what I where I want us to go. And Anthony Davis is the central figure, I think, in that, Mike. You're writing an article uh, on him now. I, 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 know, I know it's close to being finished. So anyway, go go wherever you want with that. But that's where I'm, I'm kind of landing after all putting all of this uh, information together. Yeah, I'm with that. And, you know, Davis has been in the news a bit the last couple of days just with the whole, you know, was he shooting? And then there's a picture of him at the facility shooting and, and on and on. But it just got me thinking more as I was watching these games and how much we've been talking about Robert Williams specifically, but then just some other athletes as well. And like Gary Payton, who's also way up there in net rating and sort of why that is Andrew Wiggins, another sort of big long athlete way up there uh, in net rating in this series. And even Kavon Looney, who's athletic in a different way, like he's big and strong and has good hands. He's not bouncy in the same way that AD is, but he's able, he's sort of able to leverage his size in a way that I think benefits a playoff series, if that makes smart sense. Player. Yeah, smart player too. And like, so those guys that know, like he's, he knows how to use his size for sure. Yeah, and so so he makes up for some burst, right, by like using his length in the right way. And, and I guess the it just makes me think back again to playoff history in the NBA and the types of players that are successful and why. And once these teams, for the most part, figure out scheme and they figure out, they figure out sort of some of what the, uh, you know, which shooters that you just can't leave and things like that, then some of these some of these athletes, specifically with AD, can make such a huge difference. And it just it just has me thinking again, like just getting AD and LeBron to a playoff series and having enough guys that you can just plug into specific roles around them, whether it's whether it's as you just suggested, Pete, sort of strength on strength, or whether it's to cover for a couple of other weaknesses, which in this case would be shooting, right? Which uh, which uh, would not be my necessarily my preference, of course, unless you can get both. And it's a it's a frustrating thing then not to have them in playoff position even, and to get another look at that because it's it's now we're now separated by a, a bit from actually watching Davis in that kind of context and getting to see sort of the full glory of what he can be. And the other element that I like for him, and this isn't necessarily a compliment for Davis Darius, but in those playoff games, you know that you're going to get 
a certain baseline level of aggressiveness from Davis that isn't always going to be there just based on personality in the regular season, like it might be for somebody else. And and when that's part of why I think the whole bubble AD thing, well, he was great in the playoffs before he got to the Lakers as well. He was ridiculous against Golden State uh, when they lost to them a couple years ago. He completely dominated Portland in their first round series. And part of that is because there isn't really a great scheme for Anthony Davis uh, on, so either, on either end of the floor. He's just, he's got too many gifts. He's got, he's too big. He's too long. Um, and this is like with Williams, you, Golden State does not have an answer when he's on the court. Other than, other than getting some threes off from four feet beyond the three-point line instead of one, like they are not even bothering attacking the rim when he's out there. And, and that, Darius, just had me thinking about AD. Yeah, the general discussion around Anthony Davis is I think that people are too often conflating availability with ability. And um, they have knocked his ability based off of how often he's been banged up or been actually able to play. And like, of course, people talk about availability being the best, best ability, and that's false. That's false. Uh, like, I'm just going to put that out there. Like, I, I don't care if because if you're Jimmer Fredette and you can play <laughs> 82 games. Random Jimmer Fredette stray. I love it. Give me Steph Curry. Give yeah. me Steph Curry for 20 games over yeah. Jimmer Fredette for 82 games. Right. And, and so, like, let's not get confused about the things that are actually important. And Anthony Davis's actual ability to play basketball is more important. It's why they traded all of the stuff they traded in order to get Anthony Davis. It's not because he can play 82 games in a row. So let's not confuse things, right? AD's availability is important. And it's why when Darvin Ham discussed Anthony Davis, he highlighted availability because ability is known. And what's also known is how that ability translates to success against every opponent. So there are certain things in watching sports that are good against everything, right? So Steph's shooting is good against everything. That works all of the time, right? Like, oh, fantastic. But quickness, general quickness may not work all of the time. You know why? Because maybe there's another guy who's just as quick as you, or maybe there's a guy who is bigger than you, but also quick. And it's just like, okay, well, I don't know now. Like my quickness doesn't beat you now. I think that point that is there a counterpart in the league or at the highest levels of basketball that can match what you do? So like Shaq's strength, I would say, would be something equivalent to Steph's shooting, right? Where there's like, there's nobody in the league that's like on par with that guy. We talked about this when we did our series on like the basketball gods. And yeah. I'm sure that we'll get back to mm -hmm. that theme eventually, right? But Anthony Davis has those qualities. He has that blend of scoring skill and shooting skill and and agility and bounce and movement and and, and body control and size and length and, and okay well this dude for the position that he plays he's almost a perfect basketball player now take that to this idea of what do you want 
in order to make a deep playoff run and what types of players can play in a deep playoff run and how many players that were on the Lakers. And this is an idea I've been thinking about a lot during the playoffs and during the finals, especially is how many players do you have who could capably play in this series? And Anthony Davis is one of them. And not only would he play, he could dominate and play to his peak levels and impact the game at a ridiculous level right and LeBron is another one and that's why the starting point of what the Lakers can and will be will be based off of that and so let's go to break here because I don't want to just keep talking about Anthony Davis but we are going to keep talking about Anthony Davis we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the things that's made Robert Williams so impressive is that counter to small ball while still being able to stay on the floor, right? Yep. And AD to me is one of the prototypes of that idea because of what he also does offensively. And so I want to kick that idea back to both of you because I thought that was one of the major themes of why the Lakers won the championship. It's that as the league downsized, they were able to still stay big and imposing while still saying we can be small, quote unquote, too. And and so and AD to me as much or even more so than LeBron is the key to that, because we even saw how the Lakers could be a little bit too small when like LeBron was the center. But that will never be the case when Anthony Davis is the center and LeBron is on the floor with him. So what say you both to sort of that idea there? Well, Pete, we did a little collab when you first started working like freelance, well, mm-hmm. not freelance, part time for us. Uh-huh. And I guess this was two years ago now. Yeah. It's and, two years to the day. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. And it was, it was basically, I was like, hey, Pete, so LeBron and AD, they can, they are, they are stars that have true impacts on both ends of the court. And, and where does that play out the most for these two? And what is most important in basketball? And I think it's the rim. 
It's that they can score at the rim efficiently and they can protect the rim on the other end. And what other team has two guys that do that? Some teams have a guard uh, that's ridiculous like a Dame Lillard, but does the other guy, does A, does Dame defend the rim? No. Or does he defend in general? Not really. Do they have another guy that can? No. Well, who's going to win that series, right? Houston. All right. Well, at the time it was Harden and Westbrook. There, there was a little bit of potential there for the Clippers uh, as two-way players, but Kawhi and Paul George, not rim protectors, certainly in the sense that Anthony Davis is, or even late-game LeBron, which is something that we've seen. Those guys are more mm-hmm. on the perimeter. So this was kind of a, fi- a, a major theory, and then Pete put a bunch of um, examples and videos to this, and that's sort of the point. And I, I still believe that's true, and I still believe that every time I watch one of these playoff series, that that's yeah. the case, and that that's a... For me, as if I'm building teams moving forward in the NBA, that's always going to be a hallmark. The trick is there are so few guys that can do both of those things well, and there there are so few teams that are going to have the chance to get them um, that the, the fact that the Lakers got two gives you such a head start on the rest of the roster. And and yet, you know, last year's team I think is an example of of sort of how you can go awry from that. But we know what can work around it, and. Hopefully that's something that they're going to get back to this offseason. Yes. And I think that Darius said a phrase that really resonated with me in terms of getting back to that. It's being big and imposing. That is something that I think that because where my mind is at is I look at the roster that we have. I look at the available resources that we have. We don't have a pick in the draft, right? We've got uh, the 27 and 29 are the next two picks that are possibly tradable. We've got uh, none, THT. Austin, Stanley, Wenyon under contract, various versions of that going forward. And I look at what can we be? What is the best version of the team that we can be going forward with the talent that we have and with the resources that we have available to improve? And I think that phrase big and imposing is what we can be within that. And this past season, we were not that. We were the opposite of that. Almost half the roster were guards. In fact, it's having a team with Anthony Davis and LeBron on it is so unusual for all of what you laid out there, Mike, that idea of what is Portland or what is Houston is like, no, both of our guys are terrors on the rim on both ends of the floor. And that's super rare. And that's a great head start, right? But despite that fact, because the rest of the roster was so small and then in the front court, so unathletic that we were actually being physically dominated by other teams on a lot of nights. How many games did Minnesota just whoop our ass on the offensive boards? Because they were just like Jared Vanderbilt is way bigger and more athletic than the guy who's trying to box him out, if the guy tried to box him out at all, right? And so that idea of being big and imposing, I don't know what next year is going to bring. And I would imagine there's going to be some degree of roster shakeup with the guys that are under contract, but we'll see. But when I look at it collectively, D, uh, the the roster that we have, or and, and, and Mike, I think that that's like the one thing we can be the most of. So when we talk about establishing identity, that's what I want to go for. Let's be big and imposing next year. Just one point to highlight and why why you can do that with LeBron and AD is because they, of course, allow you to be big and imposing, but they still have enough skill so that like you don't need then the Dame or the Booker or the Chris Paul or the guy that's smaller and and not is imposing or, yes. or even Steph, right? Or even Steph, you can be that way and and just be huge everywhere else and you got enough skill to get it done. So that, that's it's just a little thing I want to tie in. Absolutely. I think we need a little more skill though, right? Like I think that's something we've kind of pined for that skill yes. guard, but they don't need to be your best player, or second best player type thing. But we're but you're you're back with me though on more D than 3 and and as opposed to more 3 than D or no? 
so yes, yes, but it's a specific. I, let me separate them into two categories. Are your responsible adult three and D type of guys, say Wes Matthews, right? Versus your athletic three and D guys. And those athletic guys, I would rather have a guy that can hit a standstill three, but is going to run up and down the court, might be a lob threat on a fast break, might uh, can close out, but can be physically imposing in a way that Wes Matthews is not. And that is more what I'm getting at, like in terms of the type of three and D players that we we have is that stacking strength on strength. Can we bring athletes in that can hit a standstill three? I like we dip below a certain level of skill if we go too far in that direction where like no one's going to be able to shoot. It's, you know, that there's a danger of that. But that's more of what I'm talking about. Where do you stand on that? D? Well, I think that then let's circle back to Anthony Davis, because Mike, the skill deficit that I think Pete is speaking to, that gets filled partially by Anthony Davis. And so this is why when you mentioned earlier at the top of the pod, well, AD has been in the news lately. It's just like, yeah, well, one of the reasons why he was in the news was because of a clip that went viral. He's like out there eating crawfish, which, you know, I endorse crawfish. And he had like sort of discussed, oh, well, you know, I haven't really shot since April. And then that, you know, talking heads love to take a quote and then debate 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 and pounded into to the ground and one of the things i thought was insightful was jj reddick talking about his own offseason routine and jj sort of saying like hey you know i was a pro i played the league for a long time like it's pretty natural for guys to take a bunch of time off and really not do anything basketball related like maybe they will do jj was talking about how he actually rarely picked up a basketball until after the fourth of july Right. And it was just sort of like I needed time for my body to heal. And then I started to do conditioning work. And then after conditioning work started, then I would start to get in the gym and like work on basketball related stuff, especially shooting stuff. And so that sort of contextualized some of the stuff around AD. But let's bring it back to AD because look, let's be real, Mike, in the run to the championship, Anthony Davis was being compared favorably to Kevin Durant. That was the level of skill he was exhibiting as like a shot maker and a shot creator and even sort of a ball handler that could be a perimeter-based big and then defensively was guarding wings almost all of the time. Like he ended up being the primary defensive guy on Jimmy Butler a bunch of possessions during the finals. And so that's the Anthony Davis That we're talking about here. And so it's why when Pete has talked about, well, you know, if Anthony Davis can't actually shoot anymore. It changes everything. Then you actually do need more shooting on your roster. Because if AD can't capably be, if Darvin Ham is saying, we want to run a four out one in system. If Anthony Davis can't capably be one of the dudes who's on the out of those four then that changes how you build the rest of your roster. And it it has a domino effect on like lineup groupings and two and three and four man pairings and all of this stuff that I dig into during the season as to like what's working and what's not. And how do you actually get the most out of this specific group of guys? And that versatility matters. And if he loses some of that versatility, guys, then it's just like you have to make up for it some somewhere else. You just do. Let me, I just, this got me thinking a little bit about Golden State as, as of course we're watching them in Draymond, right? 
And so even on Anthony Davis's worst shooting night or his worst, he's not Draymond, you know, like, yes, his percentage was poor from three, especially last year. But if you just if you just leave him wide open, like, like he's got a nice stroke. He's got a nice release. He's See, not, he used not to. He's consistent. It's different from it's not he's not Draymond Green. He's not Tony Allen. Like, that's my point. I'm not saying you don't need any other shooting around him, but he is he should not be seen as like a liability on that end to, to me um, as compared to guys that you're actually going to want to leave alone to shoot. The difference is, though, Mike, is like I agree with that one, like, like 100 percent. The difference is, though, is is that Draymond is surrounded by elite shooting, which then makes the gravity that he had, which when you watch the Warriors, his screen setting and handoff action stuff that incorporates those shooters draws players to him in ways that that accentuate some of his strengths as as a player further. Further, Draymond is not looked to as a scorer himself. And so the gravity that he does not have does not matter as much within the context of what drives the Warriors offense. Meanwhile, AD is going to be a number one or a 1A option. And that means that his requisite skill skill level is going to be one of the things that impacts your floor and your ceiling offensively and impacts the way that defenses scheme against you. And, and that's the tricky part when discussing AD within the context of, of how you navigate lineup construction and roster building and all of this, this, this other stuff. But please, Pete, you were, you, I'm sure you've got a lot to say about this too. <laughs> Let's take a break. You'll come back and, and get into it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. See, I would Draymond, the point that they make up for it elsewhere with literally the best shooters of all time. So how often do teams intentionally sag off of Draymond and he has an open three, but instead he chooses to flow that into a handoff with one of those shooters, whether it's Steph Clay or even Jordan, Jordan Poole. And so what that does is if you're on defense and you're like, yeah, Draymond, I'm going to not even close out to you beyond the free throw line. You go ahead and take that three because we know you can't shoot that. Well, Draymond more often than not, is going to be like, fine, that's going to flow into a handoff where I'm going to hand the ball off and set a screen on the guy that's guarding Steph. And all of a sudden, you, who've been hanging back out at the free throw line, have to run like hell to get to Steph Curry and close out to him, which even if you if you get there too soon, he's going to drive by you. If you get there too late, you're giving Steph Curry an open three. 
And so to Darius's point, it that is made up for elsewhere on the roster. I would also say that like AD was either the second or third worst shooter outside of the paint this season on a, like a minimum number of, of attempts. And so like there was like, like, like Darius was saying, man, he was being compared favorably to KD. He was hitting sidesteps, step backs, jab step, you know, fadeaways, like contorting floaters, man. He shot like 50 percent from 16 to 22 feet during the playoff run to the championship. He was literally hitting half of his long twos as jumpers. And there was a diet and that was a steady diet of his offense. Like it wasn't like, oh, he took he took two of those a game and he hit one. It's like he was taking three or four jumpers like that a game and and knocking down in between two or three of them. And it's just like, OK, well, now you're you're impossible to deal with yes. if, if this is your shot profile and you're making all of these like, what do we do with you? And I'm not looking for him to necessarily j- shoot jumpers at that level, but that's a long way away from second or third worst shooting percentage outside of the paint in the NBA on a certain number of attempts. Right. And so it just like that idea of I, I, like Reddick was saying the a player's offseason routine and what they, you know, do for their bodies. That's certainly like I, that's beyond my pay grade. I've never worked with an NBA player, you know, year <laughs> yeah. round or anything. But the notion that AD does need to get a lot of jumpers up this summer and AD does need to get somewhere between that the, the the lows with his jumper of this last year and a half or so to the highs of what he did in the bubble and even before then before the season canceled he was he was or got postponed he was phenomenal in that respect so it's and i would say that is exacerbated by russell westbrook's presence as well right like it becomes even more important in in fact i would argue it becomes essential not like oh it would be nice if ad can do this it becomes essential that that is a component of his game that some of the skill level as a jump shooter is made up for in a similar way that like the draymond steph clay not obviously to that extent but we just we need jump shooting from somewhere Uh, well shockingly i will push back slightly on the jump shooting here here's the other thing that anthony davis can do guys he can score at the rim Right. Yes. But if I don't respect his jumper at all, if I'm not worried about it at all, if he's not cooking me at all, go ahead and take that. I'm going to protect the rim. I'm going to sag off. But but what Anthony Davis can do is that he can he can fall in love with just taking a jumper, not taking any contact, running back on defense, rinse, repeat. All of a sudden you're in like the fourth quarter. You're just kind of casually strolling through the game. I like aggressive Anthony Davis. I like Anthony Davis who takes you off the dribble. I like Anthony Davis who mixes it up. I like him who posts up, who sets a screen, an actual screen, and rolls hard to the rim as opposed to a little pick and pop or like not even make any contact. That Anthony Davis is the Anthony Davis that opposing teams uh, have zero answer for on the defensive end of the court. And so instead of playing Russell Westbrook a ton next to him or a player like that that can't shoot, I may just, that's where I may go with you and just, fine, you want more shooting out there? then I'll put the guy that veers more towards three and I'll, I'll suck it up um, at the expense of D at times, as opposed to just encourage Anthony Davis to take a bunch of jump shots. Uh, so I'm the profile of Davis. I just want to veer less towards shooting jump shots. Even if I acknowledge, sure, you have to bang a couple once in a while, especially in a tough playoff game. But thankfully, Anthony Davis doesn't that that's not his only skill set. 
he's got a lot of other stuff that he can do better and then he should be doing more. I very much agree with you. I just think those are two separate things. I think that the shot profile that he has and how much we get him going downhill is going to be more of a function of offensive system a lot of times where, you know, are we posting up as much as we did the last couple of years? I'd love him to be that role man more often. I think that like turning those dials and being like, yo, yeah, we're going four out one in. You got this two guard front on one slot. You've got Russell Westbrook on the other slot. You've got Anthony Davis set a screen for one of them. We'll run actions off of that depending on which way you go but we're going to space the floor and you get downhill because and then that is like one of the reasons i've landed on athletic guys who like prioritizing that more than shooting capability even with the deficiencies that we have is that type of gravity if we can get guys going downhill most of our shooters d are just going to have to hit standstill threes yeah and that's going to be my big thing is like you don't have to come flying off a handoff like you're playing with draymond you don't have to even shoot a ton of like pump fake sidestep where you know you've got more moving parts it's can you stand there and knock down that open corner three that LeBron, AD, and, and Russ with their gravity on the rim and proper spacing, what that does? But I think we run into some of the DeAndre Jordan problem in the respect of like, if you've got too many guys on the floor who the decision you make is to go under the screen or to encourage that jump shot, that initial advantage doesn't get created in the first place as much. And so it's not that I want AD to shoot a lot of jumpers. I just want him to shoot them well when he does. because, And I think that that's important because if he doesn't then defenses are going to sag off and it causes that chain, re- chain reaction yeah the, the thing that i would say too is that i think we're all on board with what mike was saying that there is a range of possibilities on any given anthony davis possession and offensive possession in which he shoots and the closer to the basket the better like Amen. and last season mike has said this a ton of times and he brought it up on tv a ton of times and i think a bunch of people just ignored mike for whatever reason i i don't know why it's like silly since he's one of the most informed lakers people on the planet but like ad and i think joey brought these stats up too but like there was a point in time before ad got hurt that he was like first in the league in points in the paint and mm. second in the league in shots at the basket or field goal percent. Like there was like dominating all the interior. I, yes. I, so Darius, I had forgotten what you were. I was like, what is he talking about that I said all the time? And then he's he like, said, there's like, so oh, many yeah. things that I'm. Yeah, no, 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 no. I just I really <laughs> didn't know which which, which point because there are a couple of areas, right, that I that I tried. I do tend to focus on, but I specifically try to hammer that all the time because early in the season, everyone was complaining so much about Anthony Davis's jump shot not going down as much, and and I just kept thinking like, but but do you see what he's doing though? Like, do, yeah, are we? He's a he's a big man. Like, what what are we watching? It's not an attack from my perspective. It's not like a AD is not a good player type of thing. It's just that under Agreed. our current construct, I, like it falls apart if he can't shoot a jumper. Just under I, this, I don't like, agree. With good that. shooters. Mm. I don't think Fall that's up. why it fell apart. I think it fell apart because of Westbrook. Um, on the one hand, and then DeAndre Jordan or whoever else was in there, not because Davis was shooting, even if it's 25% instead of 37% or whatever. I just don't, I just don't see that as being a significant difference compared to all of the scoring and the pressure that he's putting on. So I, it was not like a defense of Anthony Davis. Uh, for me, it was, it's a defense of just like the basketball style. Um, sure. that, that's what it was more about for me. My point about AD though, is that for all of that stuff that Mike pointed out that was 100% true about like how much he was scoring in and around the basket and in the paint, the complaints around Anthony Davis's jumper 
were exactly because a jump shot, Anthony Davis jump shots are a part of his offensive repertoire. He is never, ever, 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 <laughs> ever going to stop shooting jumpers. Anthony Davis, it, like it's never going to no go should away. He. No, no it, it, it's never going to go away. So my only point about this, and I think this is inarguable, Mike Trudell, this is inarguable. If he's going to shoot jumpers, I want them to go in. Please let them go in at as high a possible rate imaginable. So you're I'd telling me that hit. you want guys to hit shots? Hit them all. Really? Mike, I, I want him <laughs> to hit them all. It's inarguable to me that this is, this is the outcome that we would all want. Is like, forget the spacing and all of these like intangible things and like oh well this opens up this and it makes right, guys the environment no 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 two points you can create you can two create points. an ideal two. environment but andy can get a bucket any in any two points. any situation give, give me two points thanks he put up a shot two points would be a very great outcome out of this Maybe situation three. and that's what i'm that's what i'm talking about though when it comes to ad because look then then you start to get into the domino effects either way of what happens in terms of the makes or the misses. And mm -hmm. it's one thing to me, it's one thing if you are a player who whose profile and role and slotting within the team says that you might you might get anywhere between six and ten shots up a game might. I listen to JJ Reddick sometimes and he mentioned about how like, oh, when I was a player, I, I would have loved to have gotten 18 shots up. Some nights I might only get seven shots, right? And if they were all threes, they were all threes. But guess what? Like, like I got seven shots. There were times where he, when he said that he played for Doc Rivers and Doc Rivers was just like, you know what your job is tonight? Your job is to go stand in the corner. You may not even get, you may not even touch the ball that much tonight your job is to go stand over there because the thing that we're going to do involves all of this other stuff and your job is to occupy people over there mm -hmm. that will never be anthony davis's job anthony davis's job is to be a hub of offensive production for the los angeles lakers and that will involve mike him doing all of the aggressive stuff that you mentioned in terms of getting downhill and scoring at the basket and not picking and popping and, and all of this other stuff but if he's going to shoot jump shots, and we've acknowledged that, they need to go in at a respectable enough rate that the defense responds to him in a way that impacts the rest of the team because his role is to impact, is, is to positively lift up his teammates. That's his job as one of the best offensive players on the team. And LeBron does that. He hits enough jumpers and his jumpers go in at a rate that he impacts guys that that way. And Anthony Davis is going to have to do something similar to that, even if his job is different. I just don't think we can control like we can't say, hey, hey, AD, hit more jump shots. Oh, like, yeah, you do that in the summer. So that's that's, that's one of the few things. He can that's practice one a lot more. But when the game comes down to it, right, you can't so, you just can't control for what a guy's going to shoot from the perimeter. For and, any and player, that's why. Steph Curry to Anthony Davis to DeAndre Jordan to Russell Westbrook, like it, AD is solely responsible for that. I'm I'm just saying, like as somebody observing, okay, yes, that's not that means some nights the jump shots not going to go down for anybody. What else can you do for me? Yes, that's all. Yeah, of course, of course, that's just the nature of basketball. 
whether or not, that's part of why I separate the game into the idea of how well you master the sequence. And then the other part is, do you make the shot, right? You can do everything correctly and create an open look and then the ball's either going to go in or it's not, right? And there's, uh, and, and the players involved in whether or not that happens, they get to that point on getting jumpers up during the summer. That's like one of the real elements of the game that you can really make strides on. It's kind of like a golf swing where you can get right if you, you know, uh, with, with enough work. So I don't know if, if 80s jumpers are going to go in in, you know, next next season at a the rate that Darius wants it to happen at. But I do know that the way to get there is getting them up during the summer on a regular basis and like continuing and just refining and refining and refining. So I think that is reasonable, right? Is to to a reasonable expectation. And if that is if that's done and the jumpers don't go in. For sure. You know? So this is fun. Guys, I want to get more into the idea of the supporting cast around LeBron and AD and the types of players that uh I, I kind of talked about a little bit with the idea of athletes um and let's get more into the supporting cast in that respect here in the next episode of the laker film room podcast james has got it in low to mikhail mikhail wants to turn his double team just pass out of front broken up by worthy tip to magic worthy dies on his belly magic scores there's magic got it magic fires it's good and the lakers win the game the lakers win the game three seconds left Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, stick so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Listen. Unbelievable. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. With a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.